0: Well, it's great to be in Dryden today. Uh, all that tour, this is the last few days. We go back on Tuesday. And uh, so, we've uh, done the best till last. And it's just wonderful to be here. And I have to say, I do not say that rightly, in every sense as far as worship and being together, this has been the highlight. And we're so grateful to God to be among people of same mind and the same desire for worship. And it's just wonderful. I feel deeply humbled by all the things that Stephen said, but, and I can't add too much to that, uh, except that when we did come to the camp, and I remember it well for a number of things, I had a young man that was training with us. He came with me, and he got absolutely beaten <coughs> by all the mosquitoes. <laughs> we were sharing a the roof, they never touched me. <laughs> they all settled on him. And by the time we left, he looked more like mince meat. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, that's an early lesson that they prefer the sweeter meat of a younger person. <laughs> Once I was thankful for my age. But very seriously, it, at that time, It's strange really to see Stephen up leading the worship today. Uh, He was in a very similar position at the camp, and uh, there were a lot of young people there, but in particular, we recognized an anointing on that young man. And we had never, ever taken anyone on so young, Uh, and it involves quite a lot of responsibility, but we invited him to come and mainly, of course, through his aunt, Anita Pierce, uh, who visits us fairly regularly. We look forward to October, when she will be over again. And uh, it coincided with one of her European tours, and so we were able to ask Stephen to come. And what a blessing, uh, and what an ambassador for Brighton he proved to be. And, uh, well, we just rejoice. And then, of course, time went by. We came over for the wedding of the year. And uh, we came here. And the lovely Kelly gave in to him and said, yes. <laughs> and uh, that was interesting because those that were here know that every guest got a little plug. Uh, I n- we took that home very carefully. I now realize years later that it was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to take plants into the country to another country, but nobody told us that at the time. Absolutely. And it now has private place as part of our front, uh, frontage on our house, and is still alive and well. <laughs> um, and then, of course, to follow uh, the growing family, and it's just wonderful. Uh, we have seen the two eldest before. But we met Jesse for the first time on this trip, and so proud to have known them um, over the years and rejoice. We keep asking them to come back, but now it's five of them. It's not quite as easy as there was with one. But thank you for receiving us again. We've called it a farewell trip. Uh, Simply because when I passed 80 years of age, I felt that we really had to review all our traveling because we spent the last 60 years traveling in the gospel. Not only was it my 80th birthday last year, but also the uh, 60th anniversary of when I was ordained. Um, And so 60 years in the ministry seems to be much harder than living for 80 (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so we felt that what we would do is kind of have a farewell trip and we've concentrated on the places where young men and young women live now who came and served with us and we were able to uh, teach and mentor for a couple of years or so. What a privilege it has been. Uh, and now they've grown up and back in Canada, some of them have large churches, Bill Collins uh, was one of the young men that trained with us for about eight years, and he now has one of the biggest churches in Kelowna uh, and and such a blessing and then Tom Atkinson who came from Canada and stayed with us for a number of years uh, nearly eight years and he is back and has a large church in that's great Leverage. Um, and they kindly came together so we have a day of reunion. Great, great pleasure. And of course, the people over uh, in BC as well. So here we are again. And apart from a renovated platform, nothing completely previously. Note that I never look just as young as when I was last year. So maybe I should stay around <laughs> Um, as well. And the amazing thing was that we also met some of the older ACOP people and that was a blessing. We missed conference but we nearly had it in BC. Some of you will remember great ACOP missionaries went to Africa, went to Brazil and Werner and Albert Roberts and Werner went to be with the Lord Few, maybe 10 days ago, 12 days ago. And her funeral was on Friday, and we were able to go to the church at uh, Garden Village and be part of the funeral. And all the old, old people that we knew in ACA 3 turned up. And I was sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I thought he was dead. (laughs) And then when we had the little luncheon after the service, A few of them came up to me and said, Tony Stone, I thought you were dead. (laughs) There's got to be some equality in age. (laughs) We were surprised that we haven't moved on uh, since those days. So it's just a joy to be back. I always used to be disturbed when preachers came. And announced the evening meeting before they got through the morning meeting. But I, I just want to break the rule and just mention tonight, because uh, Pastor has been so kind in saying if you want to do something in the evening. And I wrote back to say that so much of our work has been in Israel over the years and still continues to be. And God is doing something amazing among the Jews and the Arabs in Jerusalem and in the surrounding area. You would be amazed what is happening. Many, many Jews are coming to Christ. Very, very powerful. And, of course, this is in answer to the prophets in the Old Testament and uh, things that Jesus said in the New Testament. And so, if uh, a pastor has kindly allowed, I want to speak about the work in Israel, and we have received such support over many years for Israel uh, from people in the driving area, and it has meant so much to us. But when I woke up this morning, Pastor, I really felt the Lord spoke to me, and uh, I'm sometimes discomforted by these things, I prepare everything, but when I woke up this morning, I felt the Lord spoke to me that as well as maybe a 10-15 minute report on Israel that tonight I feel God is saying to concentrate on divine healing. I'm so thankful for the four square gospel. I'm thrilled that Jesus is the Savior. Yes. Amen. Jesus is the healer. Yes. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And he is our soon coming King. And when you discover what's happening in Israel, I do believe you'll go away confidently saying to yourself, Jesus is coming soon. Mm -hmm. Every indication in the Holy Land is Jesus is coming soon. And so, uh, I trust Pastor will agree, but I'll just teach a a wee bit on divine healing tonight, and then my wife and I will lay hands on people and pray for the sick. I believe miracles can take place in dry, and that can happen today. And what is more, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. <coughs> Jesus, the he is here, and we can trust him uh, in every way. So this morning is Mother's Sunday. If I've known that. Uh, and if it had been in Britain, I would have known it. But except we have different day. And it's not today. <laughs> I, I would have prepared something, but just to have the privilege of honoring every mother here today and say, God bless you. That comes from my heart today. For some of us older ones, our mothers transferred to heaven years ago, but I still thank God for a godly mother. And uh, there's many senses that I truly believe now that I'm in the ministry, within the ministry, because of a praying mother and a godly example mother. And so today I honor every mother in this place. And I pray that this Mother's Day will be a great blessing. But I think that when you talk in terms of mothers, you're thinking in terms of family. Because often the mother is the glue that holds the family together. And so I I really want to talk this morning for a little while on the biblical principles of God's family. And uh, to read the scripture, I'd like to read from Ephesians and chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you might want to follow it. Or if you're very spiritual, you probably know it already. (laughs) I need God. Ephesians chapter 3 and reading from verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is made, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him uh, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus in all generations forever and ever. Amen. And just verse 14 and 15 is very precious today. For this reason I bow my need. I bow... My knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom uh, the, sorry, I've got a light on here, here we go, and uh, the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Actually, as you look at
1: the human family today, it is a picture of the spiritual family. And we recognize as we come together on this Mother's Day
0: and perhaps there are extra people here because they've come to celebrate with their mother. How important the family is. And we rejoice as on this Mother's Day, we look back to the, the lady that meant so much in our lives, but we recognize, too, the beauty of the family. And it's great to be with our siblings, our children, and so on and so forth. But I want to say, even a greater joy here this morning is to be celebrating with the family of God. It's been my privilege over the 60 years, and um, <coughs> Stephen so kindly mentioned some of our activity. Right from the very beginning, we called our work, we had to have a title, there was a charity law and so on, and we were call Team Support Ministry. And we always saw ourselves as being raised up to support others. And so when preachers of renown came to our country, we would drop everything, and our entire team would get involved with whatever was happening. And as I look back over the years, it's allowed us to travel to many different nations. But I thank God, Wherever we are, whatever the culture, whatever the color, whatever the nation, we recognize the family of God and love the family of God. I was privileged as a young man, I I was ordained when I was 20 years of age, and uh, I was ordained as an evangelist. And I immediately uh, joined the British Youth for Christ. Which some of the older ones will remember in Canada was a very powerful movement, Youth for Christ. And uh, so I started out working with young people. I know that when I announce that today in churches, people look at me and say, Youth for Christ? You've got to be joking. But I was once Youth. <laughs> and it was for Christ. And I always say to people, okay. I'm not Youth for Christ anymore. I'm now more, uh, well, I don't know quite what to call them, but uh, I'm certainly the elderly, elderly for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I started out with youth for Christ. And it wasn't too long after that, just a matter of years, that Dr. Billy Graham came over to Britain. And we've been remembering him, of course, because to use his words, he's changed his address. Uh, And is now in heaven with Ruth and many millions that are no doubt there because of his ministry. And uh, we we had to support the efforts with the Billy Graham crusades around Great Britain. And at the end of that time, two of us were invited to become full-time with Billy Graham. So I had the privilege for the next 15 years to travel to many places across Europe but sometimes further afield, with Billy Graham. They were great, great days as I look back, and I thank God for that privilege. And then we had established our own team. and We were traveling around the world, mainly centering on Africa and Asia. And then uh, I met up with an old friend. I had known him in Bible school. Uh, and his name was Reinhard Bonnke. And, uh, now, still with him, uh, and just about 40 years now, uh, and traveling uh, Africa with uh, Lionel Bonke, and now continuing the work in Europe. In fact, uh, we get home in two weeks' time, uh, she and I will be packed again, and off to Budapest in Hungary. Uh, my role in advice nations now, is to go into the European cities and train the counsellors before Daniel Coletta comes in to preach. And we average about a 1,000 people a night for three nights coming to learn how to do personal work and counselling. So that's our next port of call, but it's not so far as Canada. And uh, so we, we were involved and had been involved with right up on you.
1: But it doesn't matter which
0: country we're in, I just love the family of God. Amen. And to see familiar faces here today uh, is just such a privilege. So I want to just look, however, briefly at the family of God. First of all, and probably most important, that our relationship to the family of God is by birth just as many of us today are remembering our birth mother. We are remembering how we were blessed to be born into such a family. (coughs) Mothers and fathers are very, very precious. And of course, entrance to birth are by birth. We are born naturally into our earthly family, but Jesus said, you must be born again. That means simply, we are born spiritually into God's family. And uh, with those wonderful verses in John 3 and verse 3 in particular, Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot uh, enter the kingdom or see the kingdom of God. By dear friends, we need to recognize to be in the family of God is a blood relationship. The Bible speaks uh, of of, uh, Jesus. In in this sense, in Acts, uh, we read in chapter 20 and verse 28, the church of God, which he, Jesus, purchased with his own blood. And I just want to pause for a moment and just talk about that glorious fact that we can be born again. And this is the key to everything that we preach in our churches right up to this present day. You know, first of all, it starts with the fact of acknowledging what we are. And the Bible very clearly states that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. In the Old Testament it said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned one to his own way. But the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. And my dear friends in Dryden, you don't need an old preacher to come thousands of miles to tell you that. Because you know it already. Every congregation like it, in any part of the world. It's not exactly news to be told that they are sinners. You see, we know it by our own disappointments. We know it because of the many things that we're ashamed of. There are things in our lives that we wish we'd never done. And if we had a chance to live our lives again, we would avoid And every one of us here today, there are things in our lives that we'd rather nobody else knew about. The Bible calls it sin. It's a condition that is contemptible. It starts at the very beginning. And everyone, I don't know everyone here today by a long shot, but I do know that we're all sinners. And you know, I reflect back over the years, and I know this. I've been in many, many places and for various reasons. When I've preached in some of our bigger crusades, people have come up, and some people are offended by things that I've said, and mm-hmm. some people, like bigots, will come and they argue and uh, they, they they're time issues. But I can say, hand on heart, in 90 <coughs> years, in 60 years, I've never ever had anyone come up to me and say, Preacher, you've offended me. I am not a sinner. And that's the truth. No one has ever said that. You see, the moment we say all have sinned, we're all related to it. And we know it. Sin is an offense. The Bible says that we've come short of God's glory. I I, I was thinking when I I was looking at Tanner, growing up and getting so tall. And in Britain, for many, many years, we had a crack regiment in the army. They were called the Welsh guards. I don't think many of them were Welsh, but they all (laughs) wanted to be Guards. But this was the rule. To be a Welsh guard, you had to be six foot tall. And no one under six foot could join the guards. But if they went wanting to join the guards and they'd stand up against the measuring board, if they were five foot five, they were that much too short. But it's very interesting. If they were five foot eleven and a half inches tall and only half an inch short, they were still too short. Our problem is not how much we sin, it's the fact that we sin, and all have sinned. <coughs> but you see, the problem gets bigger. For the Bible goes on to say, in fact, only three chapters on it, Romans, it says this, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. And when the Bible speaks about death, it's not talking about the demise of the human body alone, but it is a direct reference to what the Bible calls the second death, which is separation from God in the place that Jesus and the Bible refer to as hell. My dear friends, even in some of our churches, there is a lack, of preaching the reality of hell. And I say today, if there is a heaven to gain, there is a hell to show. And we need to recognize God means what he says. And truly, people are on their way to hell today that need to change. They need to come to Christ because he is the only answer. And so, I really just want to sound that warning note this morning. This new idea that all roads lead to heaven is not in the Bible, nor in human experience. There is a way back to God from the dark path of sin. There is a door that is open, and you may come in. And Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner, to Jesus. And so the fact is today that we need to be born again because of what we are. We're sinners and hell-bound in the sight of a holy God. And can I tell you a third thing? We've traveled Canada for years and years and years. And Canada, in many respects, is still a reasonably religious country. More so than many countries in Europe and around the world. But it's religious for the wrong reason. And as a result, people are trying to earn their salvation. But you can't do it. You cannot earn God's salvation. Let me tell you two things. First of all, there is a tendency to believe that as long as you go to church, you've won favor with God. I would say with great confidence, there is not a church in Canada that can save your soul. And I mean, not a church. If I lived in Dryden, I am sure I'd be applying to pastor for membership. I've come to love Dryden. Over the years, and I mean that, my wife will tell you I don't say that everywhere. I go to some churches, and I say it on the way home. Well, that's the last time. <laughs> I, I go to some churches, and I been to more inspiring funeral. <laughs> <laughs> At least the people in the funeral home know that. <laughs> <laughs> and people had the choice. I'd be here. Think. I said to my wife, "Oh, our pastor at home. If he saw the lineup on the platform today, uh, he'd he'd he desire to be over here. His one desire is to see this for our church pray for us because we're not there. We're, we're lack, well, we're lacking in youth leadership. So if you want to go away and pray for anything, pray. The Lord will send us leaders." And if you've got any young people, a uh, young couple, that you know that have a heart for Britain, you, you tell Stephen and he'll tell me, I'll be <laughs> on their tail. <laughs> <laughs> we right now, we're desperate for you to be We've got the money, we've got even a home for it. But we just need someone to step forward and say, yes. That's my that's, that's by the way, that's the yeah. <laughs> uh, But friends, I, I truly want to say this. Church will not save you. And I want to say this very, very clearly and carefully. You can come to this church every Sunday of your life and go to hell when you die. The church will not save you. And in Britain, and I believe in heaven. We have thousands who are depending on church. You can go to church, you you can do the kneeling, the standing, you can have the incense, the nonsense, the bells, (laughs) and all the rest. But it will not save your soul. And the other way in Canada I've observed is that people imagine that good works get us to heaven. And so we become heroes in the, the community. We look after the elderly. We care for the children. We try to live by the law. But the law does not save us. It's by grace of the saying And that's through faith. And the Bible says that's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Lest any should boast. My dear friend, you might be the best living person in this community. And I, I say that very carefully. You may be, but it will not save you. Only the blood of Jesus saves us. And that's the core of the Gospel. Because nearly 2,000 years, probably over 2,000 years ago, Jesus, and and that very name, is God clothed in human flesh. The great miracle of Christmas. Yes, it it is the virgin birth. It, It is all the wonder and the angels and everything. But hear me this morning. The greatest miracle of Christmas is this. God became a man. And Jesus came. And at the still very young age of 33, he was taken and he was nailed to a cross. That cross has become the symbol of the Christian faith. But more than a symbol, it's the pathway to heaven. And Jesus was nailed to a cross. And as he hung on that cross and shed his blood, every drop of blood that fell on the Israeli ground cried out, I love you, I love you. Yes. God was being sacrificed that you and I might have a relationship by birth with him. You see, the Bible says Christ was without sin. So why was he there? Sin produces death and yet Jesus had no sin. How could he die? The fact is, he took our sins in his own body and died on a cross. Jesus paid the price. He died for you. Every one of you here today, Christ died for you. He took your sin. It was laid on him. And he died on cross. the cross that you might be saved. There's only one way to come to God. It's the way of the cross. But that's not even the end of the story. They took him down. They laid him in a borrowed tomb. Two and a half days later, the grave was empty. The stone was rolled away. Jesus is alive. And he's alive to be Jesus. And it is as simple as that. We come to the cross. We admit that we're a sinner. We believe that Jesus died to save us. We repent, that means we truly sorry for our sin. And we invite Jesus Christ to come in. I don't remember the day I was born, but I sure remember the day when I was born again. It was just a group of us I belonged. In those days, my parents were involved. In a very, very legalistic denomination, very legalistic. And I thought when I was growing up that I was saved anyway it was my parents, they were so godly. My dad was a preacher. But when I was eleven years of age, I sat with some of my friends in a little chapel, and the preacher preached the gospel. That night, because as a young lad. I stepped forward and I was born again. I remember it so well, there were only four of us lads and we stood at the front of this chapel and the preacher was so excited, he nearly took off. <laughs> and I can remember to this day the prayer he prayed. <clears throat> and he was so excited, he said, Lord, there are preachers getting saved here tonight. <laughs> I thought, well, I doesn't mean me. <laughs> I, I, I'm a preacher's kid, and I thought, i am never allow people to treat me like they treat him, and I was determined to be anything to the preacher, and I guess they were free three thought that, but today, I can tell you where those boys are, and they're all my age, so I guess, I know this, they're still life, that's about all I know, but they went on to be, one of them became a leading pastor in the Assemblies of God. Another one became an everlasting youth pastor. And I don't know if he ever did retire. But that was in the big church outside of London. The third one went to South America as a missionary. And the fourth one's doing his best in driving this morning. <laughs> and all four of us finished up at the ministry. And from a very legalistic church that didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. We all got that in the Holy Spirit and all served in Pentecostal churches. That was amazing. But I can remember being born again. And just before I I'm going to go through the other points quickly, because uh, I, I guess um, time runs away with this. At least I'm excited this morning, so I'm just enjoying myself. So allow me to enjoy myself. <laughs> Friends, I want to say the most important thing on this Mother's Day. Sure, you were born, it's very evident here today. But have you been born again? Can you look back to a day in your life when at the foot of the cross you lost the burden of sin? You fell in love with Jesus, and he dwells in you by faith this morning. Looking around, I can tell from many days, amen. But maybe you're here this morning. You've come perhaps to honor ever. <coughs> But I am saved this morning. Friend, why go out lost when you could go out saved? Why go out disappointed when you could go out in cowardly? Why go out sick when you could go out healed? Why go out empty when you could be filled? Jesus is alive. And he's in the salvation business today. I preached last Sunday where Anita Pierce is this morning actually she's following my footsteps <laughs> yeah. she's probably clearing up and doing I did wrong <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the meeting two really elderly ladies and I say that very politely in okay? the two elderly ladies responded to the gospel they left it to their 70s and 80s to be born again Why wait that long when you don't even know if you have that long? Put your trust in Christ. Be born again. Come into the family of God. Well, that point's taken so long, I'll just give you some homework now. I'll give you the other two points and you can work them out for yourselves. But if it's a relationship by birth, it's fellowship by Obedience. You see, personal relationship cannot be broken, but fellowship can. And when we are born again, we have to work at growing up in Christ, in the family of God. Parents and children need to obey God. And I think on this Sunday, it's very important to remember, although the Bible talks so much about fathers, what a position mothers are in, and how precious to have godly women at the head with their husbands of families. I was thinking even just reading through some notes this morning before coming. You know, that lovely heritage that Timothy had, though, offense to his father, actually, but it talks about his mother, and it talks about his grandmother, Eunice and Lois. What an influence they had on his life. And to you, dear mothers, I want to say today, you are women of influence on children and on grandchildren. I just rejoice as I watch my wife. I'm sorry I didn't bring her up to introduce her. But you can meet her afterwards. I, I can announce for her. This is because pastors found out and one or two others have found out. Because of the years have just caused my wife to have a arthritis in her hands, and they kind of change direction. Um, please if you shake hands with her, would you do it gently? No Pentecostal handshakes. <laughs> just a little Anglican ones. <laughs> And to make sure you don't step out of line, just give (laughs) her a hug. That's permissible, (laughs) and that's my (laughs) little I had over years, we've been married for 50, uh, well, after 50, you know, you don't count anymore. Five, she says. She gave me a high five. (laughs) 55 years we've been married. I want to say this in tribute to her today. I've watched her raise our children. I was away on crusades all the time. One packing onto to another. I'd been away for months virtually on crusades. And I came home to see my children being raised godly. Takes a mother. And i have grandchildren. Well, I just see that reflected in them as well. We have seven grandchildren now. I, I don't anticipate anymore. more. We're working on great grandchildren now, but we have six grandsons, and the last was a granddaughter. I got fed up with going away on crusades and buying t-shirts, and I thought, why can't we have just one granddaughter at least, so we can get pretty dresses and not t-shirts? And eventually our son and his wife obliged us, and we had a granddaughter from then on, Both our kids said, He's got his granddaughter, we're knocking off. But I've watched my wife with a grandchild. Mothers, yours is a glorious job. To be a mother and a grandmother, a great grandmother, means so much. And the Bible is full of (coughs) instruction, and I just love it. Uh, But obviously, we read of, of Eunice and uh, uh, grandmother as well, Lois as well. It's very, very wonderful. And incidentally, in the English translation of the Bible, and I think the King James is used over here as much as in England, although we have new translations. Did you know, woman is mentioned quite often, mother is used quite often, but only twice in the Bible, and it's in the second. Uh, letter of John, chapter 1, is the word lady used. And did you know that lady in the Greek is actually the female version of Lord? What an honor. And we need more ladies today. We need more women that take responsibility of leadership under a godly husband to work with our children and our grandchildren. That's by the Bible. But the Bible is very clear and I'm not going to on it too long. In Ephesians chapter 6 we have amazing teaching. The first two verses uh, there's young people in here today so I mention it. In Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise. I say to children and young people here today on Mother's Day, honor your mother. Honor your father. They're a blessing. You won't have them forever. And when they're gone, you will still honor their memory. I just thank God for my mother. My father was busy preaching. But my mother taught us in the home to honor God. I think she told us the stories of Jesus at the same time as she taught us how to clean out. Amazing. And I look back over the years and I am where I am because of a godly mother. Take the job seriously. fathers obey the Lord in that responsibility. And then there's a word for parents as well. Because we read again in chapter uh, uh, 5 again, and verse 4, it makes it not to chapter 6 and verse 4. Listen to these words. And you fathers, take fathers and mothers together there, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Folks, if we want to see our children grow up in God, I'm telling you now, they'll not be taught that in the state school. They're taught that in the home. And it's our responsibility to raise our children. We only had two children, but I thank God for my children today. Our son is the associate pastor of one of the biggest churches in the Midlands really huge youth work right in the heart of the Sherwood Forest. And it just is so exciting. And I see him, I say, thank God. Thank God for a godly son. Our daughter, who at the moment is not walking as we want her to walk, but nevertheless has a knowledge of who Jesus is. What a responsibility on us as parents. And so, if our relationship is by birth, our fellowship is by obedience. And just the last thing, I forgot that we're in Canada, British preachers, I mean, we preach for heaven, so, and it's accepted standard with us. You'll probably think your dear pastor is so brief now. So I just come for that reason, so that he gets the acronym. It's said in British preachers, Of course, you know the Anglican Church, which is the Church of England, you're either high church or low church. But when they invite me to preach, they still try to work out if I'm high church or low church. But one thing they're sure of, I'm long church. (laughs) (laughs) But our attitude in Britain is if they don't preach for an hour, they're not worth it. I'll I'll really draw to a close, otherwise, mothers special questions when you've which might be the thing you get to find. Uh, and with all, relationship by birth, fellowship by obedience, finally our inheritance is by Christ. Our inheritance is by Christ. By birth, we have a natural inheritance without embarrassing the. Uh, Stephen and, and Kelly family. The thing that we've noted staying within these few hours has been the, the wonderful way that the children are like mommy dad. That actually really touchless. is, isn't it? You know, you, you meet people you've grown up with and you say, Oh my goodness, there's no doubt who her mother is, or there's no doubt who his father is, and there is an inheritance. In in the way that we look, in the way we behave, and and so on. Uh, You'd probably say, well, you should meet my child. But that really is the truth. But not only that, but we're inheritors. We're inheritors of the Father. We're joint heirs with Christ. The scripture says in the book of Romans, chapter um, 8 and verse 17, If children, then heirs heirs of God, and joined heirs with Christ. And there's just three things I'm closing with. Our heirs in the family of God. Beautifully laid up in the scripture. First is where we began. We inherited life. Hallelujah. We have inherited life. The Bible says in Titus chapter 3 and verse 7 Heirs according to the hope of Of eternal life. Thank God, when I was born, my mother gave me natural life. But when I was born again, I received abundant
1: life.
0: And I tell you, if I had the years again, I would still rejoice in the abundant life. Can I make a confession to you this morning? And you would think in my old age I've grown up again, or I've conquered it. But if it's anyone thing that upsets me, it's miserable Christians. I, I can deal with everything else, but miserable Christians, I want to slap them. And I know that the biblical on of hands is not so. sometimes it's more I'm going to take it up my nose. just too
1: much.
0: It's living a lie. When we come to Christ, we come into a life of joy. Hallelujah. I thank God, I I, I was quite critical in my whole life, and I was looking at everyone on the stage this morning. They were smilers. Even with maybe difficult cords or whatever. They were smilers. That's what we are. God puts a proper smile on our face when we come to Christ. And his joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And a peace that passes understanding. That's the inheritance that we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad, and no doubt Pastor has expressed it before. But in the Greek where it says that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. The Greek word is not used very often in the New Testament. But the Greek word that is used there for more is a continuing word. So the preacher would be right if he said they might have it more and more and more abundantly. Oh, It's a joyful life. A thrilling life. It's being born again. So we receive that inheritance in life, eternal life. And then, in family characteristics, we say, like the father, like the son, that's how it should be for us. We have an opportunity to receive the nature of Christ and to be Christ in the world around us. How important that is. And then, of course, and a good note to finish on, we also inherit property. Inherit property. I conduct more funerals than myself in these days because all those I grew up with are beating me to the job. And, you know, I often say about people, you, you see people say, I wonder how much he left. And, you know, the truth is, he left everything. <laughs> he didn't take one penny with him. But what inheritance we have. In life, it's quite often the case that children inherit the home, so mothers have lived in. And so it goes on and on. It's better than that. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Thank God we've inherited property. We used to sing an old gospel song, I've got a mansion, just over the hilltop. I'm sorry for everybody here, of course, that reads the NIV, because you don't have a mansion. You <laughs> yourself. You definitely do not have a mansion. Your translation is, in my father's house, on many rooms. <laughs> <coughs> How ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not about to <coughs> trade my mansion for a <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. I've got a mansion, oh, yeah. a prepared place, heaven bound by the grace of God. And there's a lot more. Heaven is our destiny. We rejoice in Murdoch's funeral on Friday. Absent from the body, she's already present with the Lord. And oh, I'm so thankful. Maybe even to Canada, and I know it happened in England, but one day you might be the evangelist Tony Stone is dead. Well, I'm with Billy Graham. Don't believe it! <laughs> I'll be more alive on that day than I've ever been on earth. Right. <laughs> By God's grace, I will change of dress. What about you? If I happened to be in driving for your funeral, what would the pastor I have to say? See, this is real folks. It's appointed unto men once to die, but after that, the judgment. You might not be prepared to meet Jesus as your savior now. But I am telling you, for sure, one day you will face it as you are yeah.
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: We need to get back to where we started. You must be born again. And before pastor comes back to conclude the service, and I do apologize if I've gone over time, just say, oh, thank God, this is farewell to me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I to do it again. And please don't be put off for tonight. Just because I've got a lot of it this morning. I try to keep time. And I'm old enough to get tired quickly, and so it probably will be sure. <laughs> <laughs> but before I go, I, I need to think of in this platform before giving you the opportunity. If you're not sure that you're saved, if you're not sure that you're heading for heaven and you know the alternative, why not this morning? God is here. Says that from the beginning of it. Jesus right now (coughs) is pleading with you. You hear my voice in the English accent. But God speaks to you in accents of love. And right now is inviting, come unto me. And that's what I'm inviting you to do. I'm not inviting you to come to this church. I'm not inviting you to come. Necessary to a person except Jesus. I'm inviting you to come to the cross and let the cross make the difference. It did for every believer here. And you say, well, what else can you do? You might say, I'd like to be born again. I'd like to know Jesus in the way that you've spoken of this morning. But I don't even know what words to use." That's where I can help and have been privileged to help thousands around the world, I can at least give you the words that you ought to pray, and give you a chance to pray, it. and then I can simply pray for you before I sit down. And so this morning, as we're in God's house in the sanctuary, if you were here this morning and you're not sure that you're born again, would you allow me to invite you to come to Christ, come to the cross, And I'd love to do it the Bible way. And that's teaching what to pray. It's only a short prayer. And you don't have to pray out loud because that could disturb other people. It's between you and God. And actual fact, friends, most prayers are silent from the heart, actually. They're not spoken out loud. But right now, you have that chance. I can help you by doing this. I'll give you the words of the prayer. I'll speak them out, and there'll be a pause, so that you can repeat those words in the silence and privacy of your heart. Make it your prayer. Come to Christ. And then afterwards, I can quickly pray for you. I can invite you all to bow your head with me in prayer. This is not a spectacle, it's not a time for the loud. And this is personal between every individual and God. As I pray this prayer, maybe you would pray it silently in your heart. The prayer goes like that. Oh God, I thank you today for your great love towards me. I confess I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I am sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died for me. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. (coughs) Take away my sin. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving you. Please remain with your heads bowed just for this very brief moment. One thing I learned very early on as an evangelist. Long appeals don't make any difference. If God doesn't do you work, likely he won't do anything. You're here this morning and you've gently prayed that prayer. Maybe you've been in church years, but you've never prayed to be born again. I would love the privilege of praying for you. I can't pray for you by name. I don't know your name. I certainly have no desire to embarrass you. If you're here today in the main auditorium or in the balcony, and you would say, Tony, I prayed that prayer, would you pray for me? And I'll tell you what I want to pray. I want to pray that you will understand what you're doing, that you'll receive the blessed assurance of salvation, the joy, the peace, the life that we've been talking about, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Christ. Which is needed in driving today. And so, wherever you are, if you would say, Tony, I did pray that prayer, would you pray for me? It's a very simple thing. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you'd be kind enough to hold it there until I, I look in your direction and then put it down again and I'll acknowledge it. If there's someone here today, you've never, until this morning, received Christ as your Savior, would you just quietly put up your hand? And I will, because i have a vision of who you are. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. I receive Christ as my Savior this morning. Father, I thank you that you never send out your word, and it returns to you, boy. I thank you, Lord, you always have a purpose. And I pray for the one that has responded, or this is what I've seen, that responded this morning. If there are others who secretly in their heart have done so, I pray they might know that sweet assurance. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. That they might know the joy and peace that Jesus gives. And I pray that they might be truly a witness in the power of the Holy Spirit from this day forward and Lord I pray for all here this morning maybe some are not walking as they ought to walk and feel just a wee bit guilty today I pray in Jesus name that every backslidden action will be restored today and that they will walk in goodness of life and although we pray for the sick tonight I pray for every sinner to go in the mighty name of Jesus. And healing to flood this place for the glory of God. Bless our dear pastors the leaders of this church. Bless this congregation. And indeed, in Jesus' name, I bless you. I bless you with the blessing of God that we might know the fullness of life in Jesus. And we give you all the praise, all the glory. For your name's Amen. God bless you. I
1: hope to see you tonight.